0: Hey there, this is Unburdened by Hope, the podcast that helps you harness your possibility and fuel your purpose. I'm your host, Erin Cummings. Here, we're breaking free from the chains of hope and unlocking the power of inspiration within. Get ready to ignite your soul because we're diving deep into the art of letting go, embracing the unknown, and creating a life unburdened by the limitations of hope. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to finding purpose, fueling our passions, and crafting a vibrant existence that sets our hearts on fire. So are you ready to burn down what's no longer serving you and step into a life driven by possibility? Let's dive in, my friends, and unleash our boundless potential. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Unburdened by Hope by me, Erin Cummings. Um, We are through a big part of the month, obviously, Super Bowl valentine's day super bowl all the things oh my god also big thing for me this month i actually my plan is to not do a podcast on it this month but maybe um in a future podcast to come uh with a different topic but uh february is the anniversary of my dad's motorcycle accident and i would love to do a podcast on like my mental health and entrepreneurship and things that i do besides what I like to call my weekly crying appointment, uh, my therapy appointment, but just like things I do to keep myself grounded and in check. Honestly, like the big thing that I've learned, this would be the fifth anniversary and still dealing with my PTSD. Like it is very front of mind, present, prevalent, high anxiety um, I still get lots of flashbacks and lots of feeling of, like, overwhelm. It's definitely slowed down, and it's kind of more focused and time-bound, basically, now. Um, with the guidance of my psychiatrist, my therapist, all the people, I get away. Like, we do a big trip, usually around this time of year. Just me and my husband. We go, we check out, um, and we just got back, and it was amazing. So, um We'll discuss that in a future episode. But I thought um, since February, we're talking all about the heart and passion and entrepreneurship. I thought this would be a fun episode to just like tell you about how I got started and how I see entrepreneurship and talking all things entrepreneurship like long term even if you're not an entrepreneur it's just like you know the the story of how I got started in my uh, business and in my journey and then what I'm actually working on now in my graduate program. so if you're interested, please keep listening. I would love to hear from you. I am in the process of doing research for my program this semester. I am interviewing female founders entrepreneurs, um, all that kind of stuff, If you or someone you know fall into that category, please contact me. I would love to interview you. Email is info at AaronNCcomings.com or you can send me a DM on uh, Instagram. My handle is at Erin Runs an Empire. Please let me know. I The more info I get, obviously the better results and the better outcome I can look into and see. And then I my plan isn't to share the people and their stories, but to share the information that I gather and found once I have everything done too. It's been so fun doing these interviews and talking to people. And it's really like relit this kind of like fire um, inside of me that I always love chasing. (laughs) So stay tuned for more of that. But yes, if you are an entrepreneur and I haven't interviewed yet, or you're not on my calendar or whatever, please, please, please contact me. I would love to interview you about the research I'm doing. Let's get started. How did I become an entrepreneur? Um, I never knew I was going to be an entrepreneur. I don't think I set out to like start my own business. When I was little, I wanted to be a ballerina. Like I wanted to do ballet. I'm going to jump back and forth in my life just from like my dad, funny enough that I started this podcast out talking with my dad. Um, So my dad and my dad's brother, my uncle were both ballerinas. My dad stopped dancing when he was a teenager, but he danced ballet and was in ballet company up until... He danced and he fell and he uh, broke his arm and stopped dancing. Injuries are huge for ballerinas. They can take you completely out of the company and out of your career. And it's, you know, it's, a, they're athletes and it's any athlete that has a major injury, it can be devastating to their career. And my dad did break his arm and, it, you know, like ballerinas as a male professional ballerina, like you have to use your arm, you have to be able to lift your partner, all of that kind of stuff. So it was clearly a devastating injury for him. Um, my uncle who is in his seventies is still a professional ballerina. I love that as like a fun fact. Uh, I don't think I've ever told my uncle that I, I use that as like a fun fact about myself. I need to tell him, but, um, what's so funny is like, sometimes like us as like little kids, like we have these dreams of becoming like these careers, you know, like a paleontologist or like a ballerina or a heart surgeon or all this stuff. And then you don't ever really, I mean, Houston's maybe different for the heart surgeon thing, but you don't ever really get to meet those people. Like how many professional ballerinas do you actually know? And I think it's so funny because one is my uncle. Like it is hilarious. So he was part of the Metropolitan Opera House in New York for decades and um, is now in Vegas. I mean, it's just so fun to think like, oh my God, I have a professional ballerina for an uncle, but it's just so fun that like that is a career My parents had just put me in ballet when I was little, like maybe three or four. We moved across state lines. And when we moved, I wanted to get into gymnastics. Like I was at that like late elementary, maybe like mid elementary. I wanted to get into gymnastics. So I joined a gymnastics gym and they had told me that I needed more ballet practice for like body awareness and flexibility and so I went back to taking ballet classes and decided I was too scared to learn. I mean, my poor parents, like they spent all this money at like these clinics for backhand springs and doing all of this coaching stuff for me to like learn flips. And I was so scared to flip upside down. Like I just there just was such a mental block for me to like learn how to backhand spring. but like, I went to ballet and loved it and I could turn in forte like all day long. Like I would spin, I could spin, but you want me to flip upside down and no, thank you. I think I'm still like that. Like I have very, (laughs) I am an adrenaline junkie, but I have very like... (laughs) it's a very weird, uh, I have niche, a general and drunky things. I will like hardcore do and hardcore say no to it's, I, I don't know. It still cracks me up, but anyway, so I danced and danced and danced until I was like high school, took a break, actually got a scholarship to dance in college. I'm from Kansas. I had this thought of like, what the hell I, I, even though my uncle was a professional ballerina, it, it was like he lived in New York and he lived in Vegas. And I'm like, no one in Kansas is going to be a professional ballerina. Like, this is not an actual career. And so I ultimately decided to go to business school. Thank God. It's funny though, because I, there are lots of people that I were in my ballet company at the time that have gone on to do these like, very particular creative careers that were originally centered around their, like their preferences in our ballet company, like costume design, makeup. uh, I mean, there are a few people that have gone to Broadway, like it's just just totally insane stuff. I just never thought it would happen for me. Like, if I had to pick a person, like, I wanted to be, like, Jenna Dewan Tatum. Like, I wanted to be Janet Jackson's, like, backup dancer. Like, that's the level of, like, career I wanted. But then it was like, hi, you're from Kansas. Like, you're going to have to move to LA, do all this. And I was like, no, thank you. But, yeah, so I originally, yeah, wanted to be a ballerina. Now... (laughs) I mean, it's kind of ironic that I like do yoga now. It's still like very movement focused and body awareness. But no, I actually, what's interesting is, you know, I never really considered myself to be an entrepreneur. I originally was working in commercial real estate. Like I wanted to be like a corporate executive. Like that was my goal. Um, My goal was not to own my own company, but you know, I had been doing things throughout my life that were entrepreneurial focus that I didn't realize until honestly, almost recently. When I was younger, like it had to have been like same like middle elementary time, you know, between third and fifth grade, even a little older, like that was back in the heyday of like the... I think they were called Pennywise magazines. And you would go door to door and you would sell the OG MLM, like you would sell magazines to your neighbors or they were like little things in magazines you could buy for points. And then once you accumulated enough points, you could then get like a prize or like some sort of gift or whatever. And I mean, I would sell the hell out of these magazines and I would just like get on my bike. And that was back when our parents had no idea where we were, no phones. I would just go and I would like, roam around the neighborhood on my bike with these magazines door to door. And I would ask, you know, like, Hey, I'm, you know, I do not even remember what I said. It was, I probably said something about like, Hey, I'm looking to make some extra cash, um, selling these magazines. Like, can you help me? So I did that honestly for a while. And then I got into dance. And so it was like, that was my focus for a while. We had moved to Houston for my husband's job, and then I had a baby. And when I had the baby, I was always really crafty. So I had learned to sew at a young age. There was a lady on Instagram or Facebook or something that made these amazing kids' clothes. At the time, I considered it very expensive, And it was very expensive for that point in my life to like go buy these clothes for my kids or this doll or these blankets or whatever. Like it was a lot, you know, like spending $40 on a blanket when you live paycheck to paycheck, you know, was a lot. And so I decided um, I had found this really cool company online called Spoonflower where you can make your own designs. And so I decided basically it's like Canva now where you can upload your And they still have it. You can upload your artwork. You can sell your artwork. So if you, someone buys your artwork printed, like you get a commission or you can just print your own artwork via wallpaper or fabric and make your stuff. And that's what I did. And so I had sold, like I had opened like a little Etsy shop and I was selling stuff out of there. So when my son was born, um, I was bored as hell at home pumping all the time and needed something to do. And so I was I started doing that. And then I also would like make cupcakes because I was super bored. So I, Like I needed my brain to kind of always go and move. And then the Etsy shop kind of turned into like quilt making. And I had made a few quilts and sold a few quilts online. And then that was like way too time consuming. At that point, Thank God Colin was like a late walker. And so it was so nice because I could just like set him down and I could do my uh, sewing or whatever. And he would just sit there all nice. (laughs) I'm so glad his personality has like stayed the same. (laughs) But um, yeah, it was interesting because I would be able to like actually work and do things and like have a little baby and he would just like chill. Then eventually I had... Uh, made a friend in a mom group who was selling like these I can only call them like collegiate dresses like at the time it was like really like that was when like the chevron print was like really big and Listen, we were still new to Texas. Like, I'm still, like, really confused in Texas about, like, the whole football situation. Like, in Kansas, like, the university I went to, we didn't even have a football team. Like, football's really not that big of a deal. Like, we are, like, Midwesterners are really big on, like, college basketball. So I think, especially because Kansas, like, the... um, Chiefs are like it's like you know that in between Kansas and Missouri kind of thing because it's like Kansas City is really its own place uh so like if you're from anywhere else like in Kansas like being from Wichita like we didn't really have like professional sports teams so a lot of us focused on college basketball so I was helping her make these like collegiate dresses that I like didn't understand but it was really cool because I like got my own label and like Helps her with that. And I would buy like these big, huge bulk fabrics. And I had made a ton of these dresses and was doing really well. And then got that friendship kind of fizzled. And that company, it was just like I end, was ended up wanting to do other things. And I didn't like the, I just didn't like how the business was structured and it wasn't working for my life anymore. And so we ended up switching. And at that time, it was like I was kind of in and out of like actual career. So I was like, one point I was working in commercial real estate for a company and then I had left and then I was like I had become lonely at home even though I was like doing these entrepreneurial ventures but I ended up that's kind of when my like movement practice started I had joined like a mom and me fitness group and then in that I started helping her teach classes building her business And then she wanted to add yoga to that. I went and took like a real yoga class, like not like a mom and me one, but like a real one where your kid's not there and you get like a nap at the end, just like all yoga. And then I fell in love. Like It it really reminded me of ballet and that like kind of breath and lightness and just like that feeling of having control of your body. And I, I loved it. And so, I mean, immediately then the teacher after my first class had pulled me aside and was like, hey, you're really good at this. Like, you know, you can tell you really like it. Have you considered like, you know, teaching yoga or pursuing a yoga training to learn a little bit more about it? And I thought like after first class, I'm like, oh, she clearly does this with everyone. She did, but that's okay. (laughs) But um, I did, I ended up like, I took a class and then it was like the next training I could find, I signed up for one. I did like a 200-hour training, which is like the standard for yoga teaching. And then um, I ended up going further and like wanting to learn like a specialty yoga. So I ended up doing another like almost another thousand hours of training and like in that specialty style of yoga and teaching the halfway point of that, like I ended up quitting the mommy and me, joining a yoga studio team for teaching. I ended up like working my way up to manager, but it was so it what's crazy is it was the first day. The first day of yoga teacher training, we had to write down like goals for ourselves. And obviously, if you listen to this podcast or follow me or know anything about me, like I'm big on vision and goals. Like I am big on needing a path to follow and a path to see. Like I I need a vision to see of like what I want to accomplish. And I wrote on my goal was like own a yoga studio, which was crazy cuz I like had just started, you know, like I but I asked the studio owner a lot of pointed questions about like what does it take to own a yoga studio, how much does it cost, all that kind of stuff and you could tell, like it was a little awkward because what I didn't consider was like maybe she saw me as competition, you know, and she's doing all this training only for me to leave and then go open another studio. Well, that's exactly what happened. So I worked there for a few years, and then there was a few things I didn't really like, and a few things that I like it was always like, well, if I owned a yoga studio, this is what would happen. And I had a friend who would say the same thing, and so that's when her and I partnered together to then open up Yes Yoga, which is what it is now. And then so we were in business together. And then during COVID, uh, my friend and business partner left to go back to kind of her OG, like my OG career was commercial real estate and her OG career was teaching. And, you know, there was so much in teaching and the hype of Public education and all of that during COVID that like she felt really called and compelled to like go back and like the studio was tanking it was COVID like it was the studio was on fire like we were a sinking ship and it was going to take a lot and she felt really compelled to like go change and go back to her OG kind of career. And so that's when I took over the studio completely. I've run it and done everything since um, 2020. Kind of with all of that, I also have my real estate investment company. So, because I was in commercial real estate and that's really like where the bread and butter of my education is, my um, like college education is, I really wanted to do commercial, have some sort of real estate thing. And what I'd realized is like, oh, I can actually use real estate as like a passive income and help bring in a salary for myself that is beneficial. And like, I don't have to really run and operate two companies that require so much attention. So what's awesome is my real estate company, it was originally property management. And I had like a few little rental homes that I purchased, rented out. And what was awesome was this past year, I was able to sell one of my Properties that I originally bought, and I sold it for double what I paid for. It was in such great condition. I had the best renters, thank God. And I sold it, and I was able to use the funds that I made to then actually start investing in commercial properties like apartments and all that other stuff. And then I also used some of the money as a down payment. And I've now been able to branch out and purchase some other investments in other states which is really cool. I'm definitely wanting to grow that side of the business, but I know it'll take a lot of time that I like don't really have and so I'm just trying to like kind of like keep all of that going and keep that business on its path. But what's really interesting is like kind of how all of that works together and you know, originally when I first started in the blankets and all of that kind of stuff, or even when the studio first opened, I think I was, what's interesting is the change in mindset was always like, kind of like watching what others were doing. It was either one of two things. I was watching what someone else was doing and I was trying to emulate that person. Like you're good at this. I want to be good at that too. And trying to follow their path. But like, it doesn't always work because we're all so different. We're all, what I didn't take into consideration for a lot of that stuff was like, well, she had been working on this for, you know, so long. And like, I can't just jump to that point. Or it's looking at someone and being like, I want the complete opposite of that. And almost like it's competition. It's a competitive way to look at something and still not be on the right path because all you're doing is trying to prove you're not that person And so that really hit me hard. It took a while. And like once my business partner had left, like I think I was in it for a full year where I was finally like, oh, I can actually do what I want in my business because it's my business. And I think that's been really helpful to have that like shift of mind where I'm not focusing on all the outside noise, but like really listening to myself finally, which brings me to... Like what I'm working on now, and that is, you know, I've gone back to school. I'm in the graduate program of University of Houston. I'm doing a Master's of Science in entrepreneurship, and basically, it was so funny. Uh, my husband and I were like arguing about this the other day because, like, what else would we, two people who've been together for almost 28 years, argue about? But like the definition of Master of Science. And he's like, well, you're not like, you know, it's not like biology or chemistry. And that doesn't make sense that they would call it that. And I'm like, first of all, motherfucker, like, I don't write the programming or the titles for the University of Houston. Like, I just like, let's just step one. (laughs) I didn't name it. Okay. Uh, And then step two, it's research based. That's why it's a master of science, because you're getting data and you're doing research to like... (laughs) Do the thing? I'm like, duh. But that's okay. I mean, you know, male versus female brain. So this semester is the first semester that I, like, I kind of had a base overview last semester. And this semester is my first full, like, research situation. So now what I'm doing is gathering data and what I've specifically am researching or, like, the topic I'm researching is the impact of mindfulness in women entrepreneurs what that looks like, how it shows up, you know, what all's available in there and just like putting all of that data together. And it's cool because, well, I think it's cool because it ultimately ties in the yoga, like almost like yoga philosophy, the part of yoga that honestly, like I've really fallen in love with over the years. My body has changed so much, especially with my um, connective tissue deterioration like my diagnosis for my connective tissue disorder um since getting that like and noticing like how much my body has changed with just like just different things and um like really needing the mindset and mindfulness aspect for that my business myself all the shit that has happened especially with my dad's accident like my mental health and what I've in talking to the women so far I've done a ton of interviews so far and it's like If they either already had something in place or there has been a major event that has made them turn to mindfulness and mental health um, practices and topics. And what I would love to find is someone who, like, doesn't believe in any of it, but I'm having a hard time because I've, like, surround myself in, like, obviously in a circle of people who align with, like... (laughs) what I align with. But yeah, so it's been interesting to like really gather all this research and I'm excited to put it all together and hopefully share my, um, not like, you know, like I said earlier, not the details of each person, but you know, just like the overall findings that I've gathered. So like stay tuned for that. But, um, you know, it's, it's been such a journey and you know, it's what I've come to realize is a few things is like, entrepreneurship is just hard. It's hard in general. It's, it's not easy whether you have an Etsy shop, a brick and mortar or a investment company, or even, I mean, I talked to a pediatric doctor with her own practice. Like, I mean, there is different levels of hard and it's just like, it's a challenging, challenging job and you have to be the right person to be an entrepreneur for sure. It takes a lot of boundary setting and a lot of self awareness, or it can really eat you alive. And it's true, it's all blood, sweat, and tears. And what's really interesting is like just seeing, talking to people, knowing myself, it's like the passion behind it all, where it is so heart forward. But at some point, we have to like use our brain too. And I think the balance of that is really uh, hopefully in the finding of what I'm doing and researching. So I will keep you posted. But um, thanks so much for letting me share my story today. I hope it like gives you a little more insight into what I'm doing and what I'm up to and even maybe a little bit of where I come and where I've come and I'm excited to keep going. So it, by the way, if you haven't listened to the podcast, the guest episode with Emily from last week, go back and listen. Uh, we had a great conversation about creativity. If you've enjoyed this topic, I, you know, this is my 10th year of entrepreneurship. I have started a newsletter that does exactly what I'm researching. It's bringing together the um, business side with the mindfulness side and merging the two. Um, it's called the Yes Entrepreneur Mindset. I will post the link in the show notes. You can sign up. It's free. It comes to your inbox every Wednesday. Let me know if you need anything. I think like if you're going to work on an intention for this week, just like because of this story, it's what's interesting to me is like realizing or having awareness of like how you got where you are. Like I always wanted to be a ballerina, but I ended up as an entrepreneur. But it's like, you know, I clearly had it in me the whole time. And so maybe this week as you're moving through your week, like having that intention or creating the mantra, like it's always been inside of me this whole time, you know, like I'm doing what I'm set out to do or, you know, whatever phrase or however you want to word it, but just like giving you the power to like push yourself forward and, you know, be in a balanced, stable mindset as you do. And you're not just making decisions because you have to, but it's like, no, I'm I'm here because I can and I'm able and you know, it's what I want. Thanks so much for listening. Stay courageous, capable and strong. If you have any questions, seriously, send me an email or DM. And if you know any other female entrepreneurs that um, you think would be beneficial to me to interview, please share their information with me. I would, um, it would really, really help. So thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. Thanks for listening to Unburdened by Hope. Go to your favorite podcast app, hit that subscribe button and leave us a review. If you've got something out of our show, I'd love to hear from you. Send me your favorite takeaway or any questions you may have to info at erincycummings.com. You may even just hear the answer in a future episode. Remember, you are courageous, you are capable, you are strong. It's up to you to create what's possible.